Shalom, shalom. Welcome to another episode of God's Little Hummingbird, the podcast where we are reading through the Bible from the beginning to the end using the original language as a guide. Today we are in 1 Samuel chapter 5 and we are reading from the New King James Version Bible. You can find those versions online for free. And remember, this is not the only translation you can use, but the two that I have found in the English that are the most accurate are the New King James Version and the NASB. Now, of course, if you want to truly get accurate, we need to go to the Hebrew. But let's make it so we can understand and we'll read from the English. And so let's begin reading. Um, chapter 5, verse 1, and I do pray that the Father God would open our eyes, ears, and hearts to his truth. Then the Philistines took the Ark of Elohim and brought it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. Now remember this, who are the Philistines? The Philistines are what many people believe are the modern-day Palestinians, okay? They were, um, they were the hornet that was sent there. And if you look through some of the ancient historical records, what you'll notice is that the Palestinians, those Philistines, came over from a little bit to the um, a little bit to the north and the west of Israel, and they sailed across the seas. These people, this is what historical records have shown, that this group of people emerged when the when Canaan was inhabited by the Canaanites. So, um, so it was you know where what we call Israel, and these people came in and they began battling and fighting the all the seven nations that were in the land of Canaan right before, very shortly before the Israelites entered the land. Well, I believe that's the prophecy where Yahweh said he would send the hornet and drive them out, but that, you know, the land wouldn't be cleared of the Canaanite population in one, just all, all at once, lest the wild beasts come and take it over. But he said he would send the hornet first. If you go back and read in the story of Exodus and stuff about that, you'll see that. But Anyway, that's who the Philistines are, we believe, is the modern-day Palestinians. Okay, so they took the Ark of Elohim because, remember, Eli's sons were killed, then Eli died, and the battle, it was, yes, they had the Ark of Elohim, and the Israelites thought Yahweh was with them, but because of their sin, he was not with them in this battle. And I see that happen many times spiritually. So verse 2, when the Philistines took the Ark of Elohim, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. Now, side note, so Dagon is a Babylonian god from that Mesopotamia region. And it goes all the way back, of course, here to the Philistines, to the Babylonian region, to all the, because the Babylon didn't rule this region yet, but Babylon adopted this. So a lot of the Mesopotamia region had these false gods in similarity, um, similar false gods, and sometimes they would rename them. So Easter was also Ashtarte, Ashtart, Asherah, depending on which place in that region you were, she was all the same god, false god. So Dagon, he is, if you look at the Catholic hat, the Catholic Bishop or whatever it is, the Pope, I don't know, one of those things, they wear on their head this little pointy white hat that goes up to a point at the top. And that is shaped, if you look from the side, there's two points and it opens like a fish. Well, so the word for fish in Hebrew is dag, D-A, like, well, we would say D-A-H-G, dag, but it's dalet in gamel. So, um, 
but that doesn't matter to you if you don't know Hebrew. <laughs> anyway, so it's the word for Dag. So Dagon um, was the fish god, supposedly, right? And so the Catholic leaders wear the symbol of Dagon on their head to this day. And from the side, it is that if you look at the side, it is, looks like a fish mouth open. And I can't remember if it's the bishop or the pope because I, I just hate that religion so badly. But um, I know it's one of them and I've literally seen it. So you can just Google it, the, you know, the pope the, or the bishop's hat or whatever in the Catholic church. And it comes from this this practice, this was in the Mesopotamia region there in, in Israel, Canaan, Philistine area, the Palestinians, and the Babylonians had the same practice, right? They're in that region just to the east a little bit. And so when you look at the Catholic, whatever that leader is, when you see that white hat on, remember that's for the false god Dagon. It is not a good thing. Verse 3. And when the people of Ashdod arose early in the morning, there was Dagon fallen on its face to the earth before the Ark of Yahweh. I love that. Oh my gosh. So they took Dagon and set it in its place again. So here's the people, the Philistines, the Palestinians. They put the Ark of Elohim in their God because of course, you know, the pagans and they think, oh, look at this. We've captured their God. Now he'll be with our God and serve our God or be before our God. Boom. <laughs> their God is face, face down. I love it. Okay. Verse four. And when they arose early the next morning, there was Dagon fallen on its face to the ground before the Ark of Yahweh. The head of Dagon and both the palms of his hands were broken off on the threshold. Only Dagon's torso was left on it. So this time, not only had it fallen over, Yahweh made it very clear, hey, I'm going to break its head and its hands off. So you know how many times does God do that with us? <laughs> there was a sign like we stumbled, tripped, hit our head or something. Oh, oh, that was just coincidence. And then he has to make it pretty obvious. And here's what he did with the Philistines. He made it very obvious. <laughs> Therefore, neither the priests of Dagon nor any who came into Dagon's house tread on the threshold of Dagon in Ashdod to this day. Now they do it as a reverence to their false god because like, oh my gosh, his head <laughs> was here on the threshold. It's literally a statue. <laughs> it's gone. Like if a statue can fall and be destroyed, it was not God, <laughs> right? Verse six, but the hand of Yahweh was heavy on the people of Ashdod and he ravaged them and struck them with tumors, both Ashdod and his territory. This is the point. Yahweh's people may sin, but if you feel it's okay for you to be the one who enacts judgment upon them, it's going to come back to you tenfold. Believe me, I've seen it. I have seen it happen to people. Because the Bible talks about, in, I mean, the book of Obadiah, in fact, where Edom was happy and stomped their feet when Israel got judged. So what did Yahweh turn, do? Turn the judgment on them. When you see your enemy fall, don't you ever rejoice. In fact, one of my worst enemies ever in this world, I would pray for them. I had no idea they hated me so badly. I couldn't figure out why they weren't talking to me. I knew they had falsely accused me of some things and lied. And so I had, you know, stepped back and said, "We're, you know, I was not going to be in relationship with you anymore. But I always prayed for them. Good, never bad. Now I found out they thought all these bad things happening to them were through my prayers. But I promise, swear to Yahweh, strike me dead. That is not true. <laughs> because I do not do that. I do not do that. I just remember praying so many times for his, the healing of that family and the provision of that family. Um, kneeling in the field one day, 
because I knew the father was sick and they had eight children. And I said, Father God, if it would glorify you, would you, if it would help them and turn them to you or whatever's going on with them, would you put the sickness upon me that he may live and those children may have their father? I mean, that was my heart. And I believe people, that's the heart we're supposed to have. I do not believe we should be happy when somebody's being judged for their wickedness especially when they're children of Israel. Because what I feel we're supposed to do is be praying for their... I'm sorry, my my eyes are just filled with tears now just remembering some of the, the painful things and just how much I love people and how they, they would just falsely accuse you. I guess so just take heart if this encourages any of you listening because it, gosh, it can be hard. But you just be humble and just love them no matter what they say against you or about you. Because they're trapped by Satan. They're trapped by Satan. And never be happy. Never be happy when God afflicts his people. Because just remember, he's their daddy. And he's only doing it to turn them to righteousness and to save them. So never gloat and never feel justified and never feel like, aha, they got what they deserved. Now, David bowed his head when when Saul was killed. And of course, he lamented Saul's death, but he also said, I understand that Yahweh has delivered me from my enemies and he has brought down the wicked. It's okay to see truth. It's not okay to rejoice in that or be happy about it, other than the fact that Yahweh will execute righteousness. Does that make sense? I hope so. Anyway, my point is here, even though Israel was sinning, Even though Israel was sinning, God still judged the Philistines for executing vengeance on them in such a wicked way. It's not the way to do it, people. It's not the way to do it. Don't think, well, they're sinning anyway. Serves them right. Don't do it. I remember one young, one lady in high school, she was actually quite a mean person. I pray God saves her. But a guy that I had dated off and on, which I, I get it. I understand that's incorrect. I didn't know at the time. I did not know Torah. And uh, we were very, very good friends. And, and, and we were going to actually go out one night. And I ended up not going with them. Praise God, because that night he got killed in a drunk driving wreck. And yeah, I drank nearly every night of my high school life um, during off season between sports. And I would have been with and he was killed, and my other friend, who actually had been a past boyfriend as well, um, was severely mentally um, just changed after that, and of course the, the one who made it out alive is very traumatized to this day. And the next day, this mean girl was on the wrestling bus and she said, well, it serves him right. Shouldn't have been drinking and driving. And I saw God's hand move against her in such a mighty blow. Even at that age of age 17, I understood what was happening. So never do that. Never say it serves them right because it will come back to you tenfold. I promise. God does not want us to rejoice. He doesn't rejoice when the wicked perish. How? Why would we? Why would we be such wicked people? No. Intercede, intercede, hit your knees, pray. It's okay to remove yourself from drama. I've had to do that for cert- from certain people. Um, if I feel attacked or they're coming too much, 
against me personally, or my, my emotional state can't take it because they're being mean. Cause I'm not a mean person. I do withdraw. I'm, I, I'm kind of a turtle. I call myself a turtle. I go in my shell. <laughs> I just kind of turtle up, not because I don't love them, but because I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight. I don't like to fight. I'm not a fighter. Never happen. Um, so if some of you, if some of you, some people have who may still listen to this podcast may have noticed I've had to withdraw from them when they would keep coming at me with Judaism infused things or kind of some aggressive things. I have no malintention. I just like, Ooh, can't, can't take this. I'm just, I don't want to fight. If they, you know, they can go to God about it and pray. I don't need to be the one they come against. So anyway, pray for your enemies, bless those who curse you and love them. Okay. Verse 7, and when the men at Ashdod saw how it was, they said, the Ark of Elohim of Israel must not remain with us, for his hand is harsh toward us, and Dagon our God. So Yahweh was afflicting them. Therefore they sent and gathered to themselves all the lords of the Philistines and said, what shall we do with the Ark of the Elohim of Israel? And they answered, let the Ark of Elohim of Israel be carried away to Gath. So they carried the Ark of the Elohim of Israel away. So it was after they had carried it away that the hand of Yahweh was against the city with a very great destruction. <laughs> so they sent it to another town, and this town gets struck. Why? Because they were not treating Yahweh with reverence, and they were not doing it according to his will. And he struck them into the city, both great, well, I'm sorry, both small and great, with tumor, and tumors broke out on them. <laughs> sorry, I'm, I was trying to find my place, and I stumbled on my words. It actually says, um, in, well, in one of the scripts, they translate it as in they had tumors in their secret parts, but tumors were all over them. Therefore, they sent the Ark of Elohim to Ekron. So it was as the Ark of Elohim came to Ekron that the Ekronites cried out saying, okay, <laughs> hey, they've brought the Ark of Elohim to us to kill us and our people. Basically, I'd be doing the same thing like, Hell, hello, like, hello, no, please stop. <laughs> like, stop, I don't want that. <laughs> right? Even if I was like a stupid pagan, I would be saying that. So they sent and gathered together all the lords of the Philistines and said, send away the Ark of Elohim of Israel and let it go back to its own place so that it does not kill us and our people. For there was a deadly destruction throughout all the city. The hand of Elohim was very heavy there. And the men who did not die were stricken with the tumors and the cry of the city went up to heaven. So the Ekronites realized what was going on. These people, like I really think that the, the ancient people had so much more wisdom than modern people who assign everything away to chance, circumstance, energies, um, germs. They don't understand that everything was spiritual. Everything, Yahweh either allows it or he doesn't. Everything is God speaking to us. Everything, everything. And so the Ekronites were like, no, just let it go back. Let it go back. And so if you feel Yahweh's hand heavy on you, I would say that's another place to look at. Are you bearing a grudge? Are you doing something against somebody? Um, make sure that you treat everybody loving, kind. And yes, we have to execute Yahweh's judgments. I'm not saying that. But you don't be the one to, to enact the judgment or the revenge, okay? Um, let Yahweh do that. And... Pray for Yahweh's children mightily, mightily pray for them. Anyway, I love you all. Have a super blessed day.